I want to thank our sponsor, Planet Ford. Planet Ford has always been a proud supporter of law enforcement in the community, providing customer service and fleet management, sales and service. If you're looking for that personal quality service, contact Planet Ford in spring or online at planetford.com. You're listening to Crime Scene Today. I'm your host, Dan Zentek, where we talk about current and future issues affecting law enforcement, forensics, and crime scene investigation. Uh, today, joining me, I have Chief Phillips from Montgomery ISD Police. Uh, thank you for coming in today, Chief, and congratulations on your promotion, your recent position. So, <clears throat> we have a, a bunch of things to talk about today, and, and obviously, we're going to focus on uh, school district police, uh, something that you've spent the majority of your career. If you can sort of run me through, I know that that's that's majority of what you've done for right. policing. So if you right. can sort of tell me where you've been and, and what you've sort of done in those spots there. Okay. Well, thanks for having me today. Um, uh, I was looking forward to being here um, a little bit earlier than now, but, you know, things got a little busy, right. so I couldn't um, um, break away as soon as I wanted to. Um, but as far as my law enforcement career, I have uh, 26 years of law enforcement started off with the Port Authority Police Department um, stayed there for about five years got some good training um, in accident investigations um, and other um, particular specialized um, um, crimes when I was there um, they were in the process of um, reorganization so they had a big layoff while I was there and fortunately I made the cut um, for that first layoff but I thought you know it was a little shaky um, so I decided to look for employment um, at Spring ISD, okay. um, where I was hired. I, I worked there for 10 years, um, started off on the campus as a campus officer, so I got that experience, got a, got a wealth of experience at Spring ISD. Um, their motto there was, you catch them, you clean them. Right. And so we did a lot of good work there um, on the campus, and after that I was promoted to sergeant where I was over the patrol division and training. Um, so I stayed there as a sergeant for seven years and decided that I wanted to kind of move up a little bit and um, took a captain's position at Lone Star College. Um, great experience. I had the opportunity to work at four of the six campuses, um, Kingwood, Montgomery, um, North Harris, and University Park. Um, so I, I got some great experience as far as administration was there um, at the at the college level. Now, just to explain a little bit uh, from this, because I know uh, we have a lot of local listeners. We mm -hmm. have a lot that are outside state and even outside the country. That uh, so certainly there's a, a big difference between one school district and another. Spring ISD is located in Harris County, right? Uh, where uh, third largest county in the nation, and, right? And Spring is a very large school district. How, how many exactly. students are there? There's I think right now, um, I don't know right now, but back then it was about 35,000. Right, and, and I know the schools have expanded. I can't remember how many high schools they have now. What do they have back then? Um, back then there were three. I think they have four now. Um, right. So, I mean, it, it was a large department. Right, I right. Mean, they, they, had a, they had their own dispatch. They still have their own right. dispatch center, patrol. They had investigated exactly. everything, right? Exactly. So, um, it's... Because I'm trying to cover from from some people, they may only have right. schools in their area, or whatever. I mean, this is this is a large school district, yeah, and, yeah. And the same as you leaving there, going to Lone Star, right. which used to be called North Harris, used to be called North Harris, is it's actually uh, the largest college system mm -hmm. in the state. Right, right. About ninety thousand, ninety to a hundred thousand students, right. um, over five thousand employees. So it's it's a very it's, large 
very large uh, uh, community college. Yeah, so obviously a big difference, I would expect, mm-hmm. I don't know, I've never worked school police, but mm-hmm. I'm guessing a big difference between um, secondary education, spring mm-hmm. ISD, and college campuses. Right. Well, I wouldn't say too much of a difference because um, in both of them you want to be hands-on. Uh, with the students, with the staff, administration. Um, the only difference is, and that's changing because of the high school students that are participating in college courses now. So a lot right. of that is the changing. Dual credit. Yeah, the right. dual credit. So a lot of that is changing for um, um, the law enforcement on the college level. So they're really getting educated in um, school-based law enforcement as well. So I guess one of the biggest changes or challenges, obviously in secondary school, you're dealing with a lot of juvenile law. Right, and, right, and right. I, I would gather no juvenile law at the college level. Uh, very little. Very little. Very right? little, yeah. Uh, so uh, that one role, but uh, from that, so you, you were at Lone Star how long? I was at Lone Star for 10 years. 10 years? 10 years. And so um, I had an opportunity to serve in a couple of um, areas. Um, when I got there, I was commander over three um, colleges. And in my last year, year and a half, I was um, the commander over support operations, which detailed um, investigations, training, um, dispatch, and the honor guard, which um, that was kind of a new area for me at the time. Okay. So well, tell us about how you just made chief. You got, you got the <laughs> top dog at the school district. So how did that happen? Very interesting experience. Um, and when I say interesting, um, just going back to just some history for me, um, this was the fourth chief position that I was in line for. Okay. Um, three others were at... Um, one was at University of Houston downtown. Uh, the other one was um, Prairie View A&M. And the other was uh, Tulsa Community College in Oklahoma. Wow, okay. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very different experience going up there to Tulsa. And so I was, I was always um, the bridesmaid and not the bride. And, and so my, my perspective from that was that I wasn't rejected, I was redirected. And so in in all of that, I wanted to be somewhere that they wanted me, a a courtship. Right. And so when I applied at Montgomery ISD, they they really courted me well. Um, They wanted to know all about me. They wanted to know all about my family. And they did the necessary things to find that information out. Um, And and so it was like, uh, do you like me? Uh, I like you. Right. Um, so it, it was a perfect fit for me, and everything just kind of fell into place. The uh, superintendent, Dr. Morrison, is great. It's great. The staff, administration there, they're, they're now, great. The, the superintendent just started, too. Yes. yes. New, new superintendent Yes, there. new superintendent there, and I think he started back in June. Okay, and then you took the position, what, what month was that? Um, November 12th. Okay, so yeah. actually we're... But we had a month yet. We're we're, we're at a yeah. month. <laughs> we're at a month. Yeah. We're at a month. So yeah. obviously, um, every chief when they first take over, um, you know, th- things usually running pretty right. smooth. There's not issues of that nature, but but obviously there's things to evaluate, things to do. So what really has sort of been your role? I mean, sort of speaking, to the other chiefs have to take over. What are some top priorities that you have to come in to evaluate when you're sort of taking that role? Well, I, I think the the 
most important thing you already said is evaluation. Um, and just looking from a outside perspective of what needs to change, what doesn't need to change, um, contacts you need to make, relationships you need to build. And I think within, I, I put together a 30, 60, 90 day plan, um, but you really can't do that plan until you have a great perspective of where you are. Sure. And so when, when I arrived at Montgomery um, ISD, I had the opportunity um, within the last three weeks to meet with all administration. Um, I've had the opportunity to build some relationships with the um, local law enforcement, um, um, uh, the constable's office, the sheriff department. I've, I've met with all the heads of those departments, the city. Um, um, so it, it's, I think the, the most important thing in that 30 days is building those relationships. Sure, right. And, and so after, after that is then looking at where you are in the police department, your officers. I had a chance to meet with all of my officers and, and gauge where they are, where they want, what they want to do, um, their training, their um, certifications, their expectations. Um, so because I believe that service should be number one, and the community is part of that service, and, and we just want to serve. So a little bit about um, your school district, which you now serve. Mm -hmm. So uh, how many students are there? We have um, approximately 9,000. Okay. And it's, uh, you'll have two high schools yet? It's two high schools, two middle schools, and four elementary schools. Okay. So how many officers do you have to take care of all that? Right now we have eight, okay. um, nine including myself, and um, we're, we're hiring for one more. And hopefully in the future we'll be hiring for a couple more positions. Well, see, I think, you know, and that's, that's sort of clarification of um, what the school district police do. Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of people have the perception, and I would say a wrong perception, that uh, uh, y'all go in and y'all work school hours. You get there uh, 8 to 2, and that's it, and y'all are done uh, not taking into account. Uh, right. Y'all have football games, basketball right. games, extracurricular stuff. Right, people right. Tap, you know, it's uh, uh, the schools in many mm -hmm. places are open for uh, public meetings exactly. and different things. and. So, I mean, y'all's job by its nature is security mm -hmm. for the persons and property entering those buildings right. at any time, right? Right, right. We, we um, you're, you're right. That is a, a kind of perception that um, people have of the school district that um, we're only there when the, when the kids are there and um, that's it. But that, you're, you're totally right. Um, we have vast um, functions that we have to cover. Um, with with our police department and and sometimes it, it stretches us um, because we're we're only eight uh, officers and we have two high schools we have two middle schools we have football games on Friday sometimes Thursday um, we have a football game playoff game this week um, so it uh, sometimes lends us to hire outside agencies to assist us with those big events that we have but yeah you're, you're right it, it, it is that perception that we're only there eight hours so you know the which sort of gets to the roles, right? I mean, everyone considers, and, and I think, you know, um, there's some uh, news articles that come out that have, have sort of talked about policing in schools. Mm -hmm. And I think the increase of policing really happened, and you were doing it long before, but what really increased when we started having school shootings, right? Mm -hmm. We started having uh, Columbine was, of course, the one everyone thinks of. But when that happened, people are thinking, we need police mm -hmm. in the school, right? Right. But I think the connection that people have made with that 
is that because we put police in the schools because of shootings, well, there's really not shootings happening all the time. So what are the police doing, right? Right. Why do we need them if, if, you know, it's really not, if it's only this rare thing that's happening, and certainly we want them there if that's happening, or, right. you know. So, but that's really not it. Right. I right. mean, that's, that's one point. I mean, I, I sort of broke down at least my opinion, and, and one is deterring, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I know Magnolia ISD, which is sort of border to y'all, they've, they've put an officer in every school. Uh, for that purpose, it's, it's a deterrent, right? Right, right. Um, basic crimes. You know, if, if we mm-hmm. have a police out there, someone sees it, maybe they won't go, right? Right. There's others, they don't care whether you're there or not. They're exactly. going to commit the crime, right? Um, and also to the students. Obviously, some students are going to misbehave, but if there's a presence there, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's an authority figure of police or, or teacher seeing them, whatever, right. I mean, that sort of deters that. But the it, it's one function, but there's so many other functions that y'all do. Right, right. So if you could sort of walk through, I guess, like if, if I'm getting hired by you, what should I expect? I'm, I'm a brand-new school police officer. Mm-hmm. What do you expect from me? What do I expect to be happening on my job? Well, you know, we, we kind of follow um, what's called the triad uh, model. Um, that's enforcing the law. Um, counseling students, um, teaching um, faculty, staff, and students um, about safety issues. Those three things are very important. Um, there are some other um, detailed things that we do, but those are the three very important things, I think, that um, allows us to do our job and allows us to um, have a relationship with the students and faculty, staff that are there. Um, so in, in those three aspects, it covers a lot of things, a, a lot of subtopics that um we actually go through. So enforcing the law, our, our officers have to be um, well-versed in education law. Sure. And so, um, which can sometimes be a challenge. Um, and so working with the uh, county attorneys um, go a long way and um, gives us a um, um, better perspective of the law and how it's, it's uh, managed, how we enforce it, and how we go about teaching um, those students, those educators, um, about the law. And so I think that's that's one of the very important parts that we have to know the law. We have to know the penal code as it relates to education code. Um, second thing is counseling our students. And I'm not talking about the type of counseling you get from a, a counselor inside the school. I'm talking about um, being there to assist, being there to communicate with them. Because, um, as you know, uh, law enforcement officers wear many hats. Right. Um, we're police officers. We're sometimes uh, paramedics. Um, we're counselors. We're teachers. So um, that es- aspect in the um, ISD goes a long way. Um, teaching those kids um, about sometimes even about life, you know, and and sharing experiences with them to deter them from from going the wrong way. Um, so um, and, and just kind of because. You and I were, were kids once before. Um, we messed up, but there wasn't a police officer in the school then. Right. You know, um, we, we got the... It was a gym teacher. Yeah, it was a gym teacher with, with a paddle. paddle. <laughs> yeah. You can do it again. That's right. Yeah, and so we, we learned uh, uh, through the Board of Education. Right. <laughs> but um, um, they ha- their, their learning curve is different now, and so we have to be a part of that um, with, with the system administration. Um, and, and so, and, and that third part of the triad is um, education. 
um, especially for the staff administration and the students. Um, why are we there? You know, let them know why we're there. We're there to make sure that the school is safe, a safe environment um, where students can, can learn, where teachers can teach, where administrators can do their job in a safe environment. And then I think that's part of the triad model that we follow. Well, and I think it goes back to just the very foundation of police, right? And right. that is the, the reason we have police is so that our citizens and community have security right. and can feel safe in their homes and in walking around doing their thing. And really, the school is, in and of itself, a community. Right, you right. Know? So it, it is to allow that safe ability to obtain an education for a teacher to be able to give that education exactly for parents to be able to feel secure in right. leaving their children at a place for eight hours a day right that they're going to be safe and secure so it's right. really the the foundation of every police exactly take care of a, a community right exactly you know the you talked on uh, with the relationship mm -hmm. with students and especially in this time we've had a couple of shows in which we've discussed the um, strain that currently between mm -hmm law enforcement and the community and and again uh, we've talked we don't see it as much here our mm -hmm. community is very supportive of law enforcement here right. but it is happening other areas but the one thing that we do see is in our recruiting in people join the academy in people joining uh the police force mm -hmm. we've seen a decline right exactly and we have seen uh, a mass media presence of the things police do improperly right versus the benefit of it and we've seen some of the effects from that you know one of the biggest roles i see as a police officer in the school is that mentor and mm -hmm. that relationship that a child actually sees a police officer one is a person right you know that they get to know you in some way second is that they feel comfortable as you said coming just right. talking about life exactly right exactly uh knowing that they can come have a conversation with you that, you know, mom and dad are doing this. My brother does this. Knowing is like you're not heading out the door, running over there to go and right. do something. It's right. to have that conversation. What that do conversation. I do? Yeah. Right? You yeah. know, my dad wants me to sell drugs. What do I do? Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and those conversations happen. Right. Right. You know, um, they're trying to struggle through life, and you are a mentor in, in that relationship. So that sort of brings me to one uh, article that had come out. And there's a couple of different places, but um, and, and they're all very similar to many of the conversations we've had. Mm -hmm. It all seems to be, um, you know, Chicago, Minneapolis, right. Portland, right. Denver, Seattle, right? Right. Places so we're seeing protests, which, which to me sort of tells me there's already a breakdown between right. community and law enforcement in those areas. But in... And they even talk about in the articles that these things have come up after dealing with like George Floyd mm -hmm. and other protests that I personally can't make the connection between the death of George Floyd mm -hmm. and removing officers from a school. You know? Yeah, that that's um that is interesting that you can go from from one extreme to the next. Um, it seems to be that we've you know, at law enforcement, look at we we all say no. We don't want any bad cops. We don't want any bad right. use of force. Right. Uh, we're all on board for that. Right. But somehow the I don't know another word than punishment. 
mm-hmm. is to, well, let's defund police. Let's right. take away police. Well, um, if they're there for the good purpose, mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm not positive that that's the best solution. And we've seen the impact that that's caused already right. in certain areas. Right. But so here they've talked about um, in Minneapolis, Portland, Denver, Seattle, is totally removing them. Right. They're, they're out of schools. There, there are no cops in schools mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And then Chicago, uh, which actually one of the statements they made, I have no issue with the statement they made. They said that uh, in, in their school uh, that they wanted to review any police officers on campus that had disciplinary issues mm-hmm. and address those issues. Right. Well, that's what you should be doing anyway. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So that's you know, and possibly to remove those officers causing those issues. Exactly, exactly. You know, I, that's what you normally do, right? Right. right. So um, I'm not saying that they're possibly doing anything that would hurt them, possibly help them, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't see a benefit whatsoever of removing police from the school. I'm, I'm not sure what the solution would be if they're not there. Right, Because right. as we've just talked, there's a purpose in them being there. Exactly, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad I live in the great state of Texas. And um, be, because it is a different mindset <clears throat> um, with, within our, our local community and, and um, the support for the police departments uh, in this area is, is tremendous. And, and I think that all of those itch issues that you just mentioned from other states are um, issues that have not been addressed in the past. And because they haven't been addressed in the past, as far as um, getting um, um, officers off the street that don't need to be on the street. Um, we live in a uh, time and age where um, n- it's not only police officers, and, and, and I state this when I talk to people, um, there are bad apples in every um, um, job you can go to. You yeah. can find... We may live off of it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So um, it, the only difference is that when it happens to a police officer, it's it's highlighted. Sure. Um, um, and I don't think that it shouldn't be highlighted because we're pub- public servants. Um, but I think that um, we should not um, um, be so quick to judge um, on, on particular incidents and situations. And I'm not saying that those incidents and situations were wrong. I just think that um, we need to be looked at um, as people. Well, it, it's the same as like we said. What's happening on a street corner in Minneapolis, I don't see the correlation on how that should affect a school, school yeah. in Colorado. Right, right. Okay. It, it, it's, it's, it's flipping the script. Um, and safety is paramount, and we want to make sure these kids are safe. And I, and I think that taking the law enforcement out of the school just makes us unsafe, and, and it, it actually sets us up for the things that we don't want to see in the future. Well, and, and what we're seeing already, not, not specifically in the school, but I see it heading there. So right. one thing that we talked about uh, uh, last week, um, a couple of agencies have already defunded. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin, LAPD, New Orleans, uh, millions and millions of dollars they've mm-hmm. taken away. And obviously, I mean, a, as a police chief, you would have to answer the same question, right? Right. What do you do? Okay, well, what they've ended up doing is they have taken uh, officers and they've laid them off mm-hmm. or they've reassigned. In other words, you had a homicide division, you have a robbery division. Right. Well, now, they're going to go on streets for patrol. Right. Okay, well, we know what happens if you minus the investi- investigative division. Mm-hmm. 
then those crimes are going to go up right. because no one solved them. Right. right. So the same person that committed that robbery is going to do, mm -hmm. do 15 more before you caught them exactly. because no one's working the case. Right. It's a snowball effect. So we see the effect of what happens when you reduce police, mm -hmm. when you reduce uh, their presence and them doing their job. Right. So why would we not think that that's exactly what's going to happen in the school district if, if we reduce their presence? Right, right. Our, our presence is important. I, I think that, uh, like you said uh, at the beginning, the, that authority figure um, goes a long way um, inside our schools. And um, with uh, that influence, it deters a lot of crime. It really does, and we need that aspect in our schools today. Uh, it's not. It, it's it's different today. It's a different um, area and and um, life we live in right now, um, and it shows as we go through this COVID situation. You know, we're, we're it's a different time, and 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 we need to be able to um, conduct and um, show ourselves professionally wherever we are. Um, not only in the school district. So how has COVID uh, affected sort of y'all? I mean, obviously, uh, I know there was the first star school, at least here, we had online learning mm -hmm. for the kids. Right. Um, I think everyone has pretty much agreed that there's a reason for a teacher. Right. 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 And online learning is, it was, it was the solution. Right. I mean, it, it was definitely the solution. We want them to get an education. We have online learning at the college, this, that, and other. Right. But, exactly. But, but reality is... When you start taking some, some either extremely basic classes, we're talking yeah. elementary and yeah. stuff to get your foundation, right. uh, those require a teacher. And when you right. start getting to some advanced ones, like, I mean, if you start taking calculus and mm -hmm. that, you know, having that conversation of, hey, how do I get past this hump with a teacher is just instrumental. Right. And, right. and we saw the effects of it. We saw grades start dropping. Dropping. Uh, we saw the, the issues. Uh, just because of not having that relationship that mm -hmm. we talked about before. Um, now they're back in school, but obviously that came with, okay, it's now going to be a large group, mm -hmm. whether uh, the suggestion of wear a mask, wash your hands. Right. Let's just face it, okay, uh, some kids weren't washing their hands before COVID, <laughs> okay, and, you know, put your mask up, don't put your mask I mean, that. They're still kids. Right, right. And, and exactly. getting them to follow some basic things because of the logical reason behind it is not always that easy to do. Exactly, right? exactly. So we've seen an increase uh, in, in uh, COVID cases um, just by people being around one. Mm -hmm. Usually it's some type of contact that, that one gets it from another. Um, and But I will say that the schools, in my opinion, have done very well mm -hmm. with you know, keeping the kids in school as best they can, getting the ones out to get treatment, right. whatever. Right. Uh, so how has it affected the law enforcement aspect of it? Well, I'll tell you what, um, before it came to uh, Montgomery ISD, we um, had that similar situation um, at Lone Star, and the way that we did it was to kind of um, do a, a pandemic deployment. And so through that pandemic deployment, we had to kind of think outside the box, um, go around and, and increase patrols in the schools where we didn't have roving patrols. And um, then we had less officers on campus. Um, but as I came to Montgomery ISD, I see that um, all the police officers are there working. Sure. Um, they, there hasn't been 
um, um, since I've been there. Um, there hasn't been any officer that's um, tested positive for COVID. Um, they're taking the precautionary measures to make sure to wear the mask and um, cover themselves up when they're in a, in a group of people. Um, so we've been fortunate enough not to have any of our officers um, contract COVID. Well, you know, and, and at a smaller department, uh, y'all <clears throat> are at, I say, an increased liability because if one goes out. Yeah, yeah, you know, it puts a strain. It's a huge impact. That's right. just one. Right, right. right. And, and normally they've worked together. Exactly. Right, so exactly. Uh, there's those issues. But, you know, to go back to to some of the changes that we've experienced just sort of over the years in the mm -hmm. education code, and, and you talked about one. When, when we were in school, okay, you know, there was corporal punishment. Mm -hmm. You got sent to the gym teacher who right. had been crafting a paddle for right. many years uh, for aerodynamics <laughs> and everything else. Uh, that <clears throat> that was it, right? right? And and whenever you got in trouble at school, you were going to get in trouble even worse at home. Right, hey, exactly. If that happened, right? So I know throughout the years, the education code has changed. Right. Um, and uh, one of the, the biggest changes that I saw uh, along the way that – it, it fell under the, the guidance of disruption, mm -hmm. right? You know, you had disruption of transportation, disruption right. of classroom. Right. Um, and so it, it transitioned. I remember you had, so we had the pad. We talked about that. And then you had uh, after school uh, uh, detention. Detention, yeah. Right? Um, either way, all, all that was handled by the school, mm -hmm. right? There, there were no police involved right. at that time. Uh, I remember police coming to my school, and it was just to talk about police work yeah right career day yeah. career day type yeah. of thing right but they weren't there for that right um again the the gym teachers and those people handled mm -hmm. discipline stuff then it sort of switched and we saw uh police coming into school right and that turned and i think i, I don't want to say there was confusion i think that that role had never been there so mm -hmm. they're trying to define that role and part of that role became in police issuing citations right okay and well the problem that obviously came out of that is uh, for one there's discrepancy a certain family can pay five hundred dollars for a ticket yeah another family cannot pay five hundred dollars right. for a ticket right and more importantly we know the kid is not paying the five hundred dollars exactly. no matter who the exactly. ticket's getting written to exactly right? so we're now punishing the parent mm -hmm. for the kid doing something or whatever so that that led to issues right right so then it came to, okay, well, don't write citations. Mm -hmm. To the point in the law, it actually says you cannot yeah. write, write a citation. citation. Okay? Right. But it still had it in there as far as their disruption. And it mm -hmm. wasn't uh, the most recent change that I found on the disruption thing that we put in legislature was in uh, 2013, where they actually removed it from being a student in the school. Mm -hmm. So, it, which sort of makes it uh, strange to me when I'm reading the law, because it basically says, you're disrupting the classroom, uh, but you're not a student. Yeah, okay? yeah. Well, at that point, you got a bigger problem, because they've gone past the front door, they've right, gone into right. the school, they've gone, you know. <laughs> but um, but I, in, in looking at this, I also found some other laws that probably need to be updated and changed. There's uh, uh, still possession of a pager. On, uh, right, on, right. On, Who uses uh, pages anymore? Yeah. If, if they got a pager, they got some other problems, I think, going on. But uh, it actually, the way the law is defined for the paging thing, it would fall under every single cell phone mm -hmm. we have. So, uh, which obviously we're not enforcing. Kids are allowed to have right. their cell phone there. Everybody has their cell phone. But 
it nearly seems as though we started with the school handling things, mm -hmm. switching it over to police, right? taking it away from police, and now it's nearly in limbo mm -hmm. because uh, we've also seen where, you know, kids are fighting right. and teachers are scared right. to grab that kid like they used to. to intervene. If, 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 yeah. we, if we were in school, yeah. teacher grab you, throw you one way, another teacher grab you, throw you right. another way, and now teachers are concerned about uh, something happening to them, mm -hmm. right? Losing their job, losing their certification, losing all that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as this has changed, where do you sort of see the 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 discipline, the future mm -hmm. of policing education in the school and such? Well, I think that um, through those changes, we have learned to do more training um, on the aspect of how we communicate to kids. Now, as it relates to um, how teachers or administrators think, I don't think I can speak on that. But sure. as far as the law enforcement is concerned, um, we may not be happy about not being able to write citations to kids who get into a fight or uh, kids that might steal something that's uh, less than the minimum of a class B. Um, but w we have to follow the law. Sure. And, right. and so um, that's where I think that our counseling um, 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 skills come into, into point. And just talking with these kids and, and getting on um, a level that they understand us and why we are there. Um, we're there to assist them in any way that we can. Um, I, I think that um, we are kind of placed in between um, sometimes um, what we can and what we can't do um, as far as, as the law is concerned. But we need to be able to come to a job, prepare to do a job, and do it. Um, sometimes we can ex assist administration better um, if um, we know about all the situations. And sometimes we, we, we do, and administration is good on keeping us informed on some of the things that um, are happening in the school, but we can be an asset as far as information. Um, if it's a law that needs to be addressed or if it's just a school discipline issue. Um, I think that's where that collaboration comes better into view with um, us working together uh, for the common goal. Well, you know, in, in talking about that, the hierarchy is much different for a school district police department than mm -hmm. it is a typical police department. Right. When, when we talk about a police budget mm -hmm. uh, or a police department, you have the, the chief or elected official or whoever that may be. Right. And they are taking care of a police department. Mm -hmm. That's all they're taking care of. Right. That, that is their priority right. is a security. Right. In your role, the people that are making decisions for budget where they have other priorities and understandably, right. Uh, right. one of those is security, mm -hmm. but the other is teachers, right. education. Exactly. Where we're going with this. <laughs> so, um, where a top priority in other areas is personnel mm -hmm. that uh, we would address. I won't say you fall to a lower rung. I'm mm -hmm. saying you are, you're in a basket, right? right. You're, in, you're right. in the same basket as trying to take care of the other departments of it, of the education system, right. uh, which is another challenge mm -hmm. uh, that y'all face in doing that. Right. Because for you to justify a position, mm -hmm. a car or whatever, well, that may mean 
that they can't add that other teacher yeah, to yeah. cut down on classroom size right. and to, to do those things. So uh, different challenges right, that, that right. you certainly face being being in that particular role. Right. right? Um, so the other thing in the education code, it, it sort of defines out, and I won't say it really makes this thing, but basically says that the, the board sort of defines y'all's role mm-hmm. on what you do now. But then it goes on to say that they will that they cannot make you do administrative and, and counseling type things. Right. And that you will enforce the law. So so where's the middle? What what is it that I guess they they ask you to do that would be specific for a school district office sort mm-hmm. of in that realm, right? Well, uh, the the law changed also where um, the police chief reports directly to the superintendent. Correct, I did say um, that. So coming back to the ISD level and um, having to kind of revisit all those laws and understand them a little bit better, um, I have had the experience of communicating very well with our superintendent. Um, he ha- He has a great outlook on the district and what he wants for the district. And what he has told me is to um, um, think about and focus on safety right? Um, for our district. And um, he has given me um, the latitude to do the things that I need to do as far as a police department is concerned. Um, so I think that um, having a person like that in control that knows um, he, he's, he's been a, a superintendent at other districts, so he's worked with police chiefs, so he knows uh, the ins and outs of working with a police chief. So I think that's important, number one, to have someone that knows what you do on a day-to-day basis and, and allow you the latitude to do your job. So now, do y'all do your own investigations if there is a, um, if there's a child that, let's say, that... Uh, you have a, a claim of a sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that, that y'all do? Is that something that uh, y'all don't have the capacity to do right now and turned over to investigators? How does that work? Currently? Well, what we would do is um, um, do the initial investigation. And so we don't have the expertise to do the, the full investigation. So we would lean more on the sheriff department, um, the constable's office, or the city um, to assist us in that effort. Okay. So as far as... Um, as far as uh, investigation, I guess uh, what I was getting at. So we have school notifications, mm-hmm. okay? And whenever, so I, I get a, a kid, he's, I arrest him for assault, okay? But right. I'm, I'm, I'm up in the woodlands, right? okay? But he goes to Montgomery ISD. Mm-hmm. And by law, I have to notify Montgomery right. ISD within 24 hours and then send you a, a follow-up right. uh, that, right. that this person got to, so it wasn't on school campus, mm-hmm. but you get notified. So what happens to to this notification? What's I guess sort of what's the problem? I, I know I send it. Mm-hmm. So what happens when it's received? Well, that notification goes to the school. Um, there's nothing that the police department does with that notification uh, notification other than know that it's there, know that this kid um, committed a crime and um, he was arrested or cited for whatever issue that he violated. Um, and so it's up. It goes to the school, and the um, principals are made available of that information, and it kind of just stays there. It's nothing. Um, I don't think that there's any disciplinary issue that they're going to go through, but I'm it's not, not a sure. Follow of that. up with that. It's, it's basically just a notice. They know it's that, a notification. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. This person may not be in right. school Monday. Right. So. Right. 
But exactly. Now, you talked about dealing with the county attorney because a majority of the people you deal with are juvenile. Right. You know, and that is your direct connection as far as the, the juvenile thing. Um, and I know that a lot of the focus on changing the disciplinary process uh, seems to be on keeping the kids in school. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, because before, as we as we go back, we went, you getting expelled was nothing. You right. Get, you getting, right. you know, three or four days out of school not coming back with nothing. But obviously research has shown the detriment of a kid not completing school right and not uh, being in school and right. having that structure you know and uh, as much as some people may not be aware I mean we have children that the only time they eat is when they go to school and they have other issues at home and that's the that is the strongest structure that right. they have in their life exactly and that was the other concern when COVID came around and mm-hmm. we've seen uh, some increase in family violence. We've seen right. some increase in child abuse, that type of thing, because right. that structure is then gone, right? Um, and certainly there's concern of juvenile crime rising because right. they're not there, right? But I think that, again, goes back to that relationship right. That, right. that you have with them, right? Um, what programs do you have? What programs do you see to be done to, I guess, help those relationships uh, with the kids, what do y'all sort of do right now besides the conversation? Mm-hmm. So um, we are preparing to have monthly themes um, that are associated with different events. Maybe it'll be um, um, Sexual Assault Month, or maybe it will be uh, Campus Safety Month. Those type of themes that we can go in and talk not only to um, students, but we can talk to teachers, faculty, staff about those type of events. Um, We are teaming up with um, um, Montgomery County Sheriff Department to do a walkthrough active shooter um, incident so that we can kind of gauge what people are doing, if they're doing the correct thing. Um, And so uh, those type of things to educate them, those type of things to uh, bring those things to the forefront that they're not doing is what we want to do on a regular basis, a monthly basis, a weekly basis. Um, We've talked about a leadership academy. Uh, This leadership academy um, is going to be on all three levels, elementary, middle school, and probably high school as well. Um, This leadership academy um, allows the officers to go in um, on a regular basis, meet with students, and um, talk to them about issues that they may be having um, whether it's uh, law enforcement, whether it's um, whether they didn't make the football team, you right. know. So um, I think that's important for us to do as well. So um, we are trying to build uh, our relationships with everyone in that community um, and to give us a better professional and, and um, good look for the whole community, not only the school district, but the whole community. Sure, and I think that... Uh it's a big part of the community. I mean, right. it's it's not just the schools. Like I said, right. when when y'all have that football game, right? You know, right. the community they're there, out, right? They're there, and, and you're there protecting them, protecting their property, and and again, it's uh, that relationship with the kids. And you know, you brought up as far as not making the team, and one of the biggest things that research seems to be showing right now with mm-hmm. the, with the youth of today is coping. Skills, right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, understanding that you know. Uh, it's okay to fail. Right. You know, uh, right. that's that's just a, a challenge that you get over in life, right? Exactly. Um, but uh, it's, 
you know, not to get too far off into that topic of everybody getting a, <laughs> a trophy, trophy right? <laughs> but, but that's the consequence of what we're dealing with. Exactly. Is exactly. that sometimes, no, you don't make the team. You lose. And, and sometimes you yeah. fail. Yeah. And these are just challenges that right. you have to have the ability to work through, right. you know, to get through, you know, even in your own situation uh, mm-hmm. of you talking about trying for chief at a couple of places right. that, uh, as you said, you know, uh, it, it was just a way to push you to where right. you needed to be. Exactly. You know, uh, but it is, it's, it's education that uh, our, our kids are, are learning now. And exactly. certainly y'all being there to help them with that. And, and I think that role model staying in the school mm-hmm. is huge. It is. Um, I know that I've heard many officers from schools talk about times in which uh, they've seen a child. And, and I think that's one thing, even just in police work in general, but certainly in the schools, how many times you've run into somebody mm-hmm. later in life that you had no idea yeah. that you had any impact yeah. on anything they were doing, yeah. a conversation you had that was maybe 30 seconds long that you right. went on with your day and, and couldn't remember an hour later right. that they're coming up and talking to you 10 years later, 15 years later right. of the impact you made, that something right. that happened that day changed their course or whatever. And that, that's the best feeling you can have, you know. Um, uh, and I've had those experiences time and time again. And um, uh, sometimes I don't remember their name, but they remember you. Right. Uh, and they remember the things that you did for them. And, and it's a, it's, it, it's, it's fulfilling to know that you had something to do with somebody's life and, and, and to change that. It, it was very fulfilling. Well, I, I think you certainly have uh, uh, covered that. I think that you are a great uh, uh, role model, have some great visions for where you want your department to go. And, and uh, just in general, uh, you know, we all, it, it seems common sense. Yes. Uh, of what y'all are doing and what right. we're doing. Um, but as we know from being in police work a long time, that common sense is not always common. Right. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I know that uh, we will do very well uh, with you out there and taking care of the kids and everything. And I, I thank you for taking on that responsibility of all those kids. Yes, sir. Uh, there are many people, uh, many people in law enforcement will tell you they don't want your right. job. <laughs> they, they don't want any of your officers' jobs. That's uh, a lot of work that y'all do on a regular basis. Um, but... I thank you for coming on today. I thank you for uh, sharing your experience and, and your history, and I wish you so much luck with what you do out there. Um, and thank you all for, for listening to the show. If uh, you want to sponsor the show, if you'd like to be on the show, if there's a, a topic that you'd like covered on the show, you can always reach me, dan, at crimescenetoday.com. Uh, next week we're going to try to have another uh, true crime coming on where we talk about a, a crime that we've worked uh, here in Montgomery County and uh, give you sort of the background and detail from the detectives or the crime scene investigators that worked it. Uh, and then we're probably going to be taking a, a nice break for Christmas and we'll be enjoying our families and hoping that you enjoy yours. So we'll see you next time and thanks for listening. <laughs>